0: Well, praise God, never underestimate the power of technology to undermine you or make you look like a genius. I bet you can guess which one it's going today. Now we'll, we'll get this worked out. Nonetheless, I uh, want to introduce to you, uh, maybe some of you have not met her, a dear friend of this house, wonderful woman, and I'm going to have her share some of her testimony today. And, um, and that is Rahina Vergara. So can we just welcome her as she comes? <laughs> And uh, Regina is married to Tito, many of you may have met. Tito, why don't you just stand up so we can look at this fella. Tito clearly is a man of fine taste and discernment. I don't know if that carries through on everything else, but obviously he did a great job this, on this one. This is, you know, picking a great wife, I think, is like one of the few decisions that you make one decision that then results in like 10 million good ones. And so I think you did good, Tito. So, um, Regina is, uh, is originally from Chile, and she has an amazing testimony, and we can't do all of it uh, because there's, of course, like all of us, there's so many layers, but uh, I asked her if she would just come and share some broad strokes, and so I'm going to kind of interview uh, Regina, and she's, you wouldn't even know it, she's actually nervous. She doesn't even look nervous, does she? Yeah, she's a rock. But nonetheless, uh, she does look beautiful. So at any rate, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just pray for Rahina though? Because she is actually nervous. So Lord, we just bless this beautiful daughter of yours. And we thank you for the opportunity to hear your testimony of your faithfulness in her life, Lord. So bless her as she speaks. And we thank you, Father. We want to receive the good word of your gospel through her. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, well, at any rate, Rahina, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, where you grew up and a little bit of background. And
1: I was born in... Santiago, Chile, in South America, to a well-off family. It was nine siblings, and mom and dad, so it was a total of 11 of us. My father was the cancer master for the Symphony of Chile, and he played the first old boy. So I knew what, you know, to grow up with a nice, you know, in a nice home, nice cars, nice a new dress every weekend, <laughs> full-time nanny, the lady that did just the laundry for us because we were so many of us. But then later, um, because of the communist government that took over Chile, we lost almost everything. So I knew what it was to go to bed hungry with a stomachache because there was nothing to eat in the house my mom started visiting, you know, the pawn shops, and she will take her fine fine china, you know, figurines and dishes, and just get some money from them. Fine crystals, and in the end, the house looked sort of empty because there was nothing there anymore, no money and nothing to eat. When I turned 19 years old, the family got the devastating news that my mother has been diagnosed with uh, terminal kidney cancer. That's what we needed, right? (laughs) So my family was a devoted Catholic family. We didn't believe that Jesus saves. We didn't believe that Jesus heals. We didn't pray to Jesus. For me, Jesus was a baby. You know, the Queen Mary was always holding Jesus in her arms. So we have to pray to her in order to get what we needed. So that's what the whole family started doing. Uh, Virgin Mary, you know, pray for us, have mercy. Nothing changed. My, My mom got worse and worse and worse. And I remember one day I was so frustrated. And I knelt down and I prayed to God. And I said this time, God heal my mother, take me instead. My brothers and sisters, you know, my father, need my mother more than what they need me. So I was willing at that very moment for God to swap my mom's life for me, and actually my life for mom's. But when I opened my eyes and I looked through that mirror, she was still there and she looked the same, nothing has changed. So A few weeks later, my mom passed away and guess what? I was so angry at God. I was just very, very angry at God. I didn't want to know anything about him. I didn't want to hear the name God. I didn't want to pray to him, nothing. So I decided to go to school, take English because in Chile I could get a good job if I knew some English, even even if it was a broken English. So I graduated from the School of Interpreter, and I got a job. I went to a travel agency, and I said, I need a job. I would like to make some good money out of my English. And they said, sure. This is perfect timing. Because there is an international hotel. We have a branch office there, and we would like you to take charge of that office. And I was so happy. I got there. I had my own desk. You know, my own computer, my own telephone, everything, just me working in that office. And the main job was just to sell airline tickets, you know, confirm flights, and, and sell tours around the country, around the capital. Uh, one day, this large group of Americans, I would say about t- 20 of them, came to my office, and my boss gave me a call and he said, Regina, there is a group of Americans. I want you to help them. There is a, they're renting a tour bus because this is what they plan on doing. They, they are here with their instruments. We don't know exactly who they are, but they would like to go to the coast on a tour, playing their instruments. and." and we would like you to be in charge of making sure everything works fine and that they're happy and, you know, helped. And I said, well, great. So these men are looking at me, and one of them in particular came to me, and he started saying things in English, and I I knew English, but I was not fluent. So I'm like, yeah, okay, what are you saying, Bible? God? What, What happened, it was the group of Gideons. They were all professionals, but they they were all musicians. That's what they had in common. So they went around the world evangelizing. And that was their plan, was to go to the coast, different cities, and evangelize. But they started with me. (laughs) I was so angry at God, and I told this man, I was rude, and I said, I don't want the Bible. I don't want to hear about God. And I'm happy where I am. And I noticed that he was persistent. <laughs> but then he said, "Do you mind at least taking this one small New Testament with you, and please read this part of the, the scriptures?" And he, you know, posted or something. So I said, "Okay." I'll, I'll, at the beginning, I was skeptical, but I said, "Okay, just to get, off, get him off my shoulder," because I didn't want to talk about God. I didn't want this Bible. I said. Okay, give it to me. So I grabbed it and okay, now get on the bus, bike, go on the tour. (laughs) She said, I'm coming back this day. Let's say it was a Thursday. We are coming back on a Thursday afternoon. And I would like to talk to you about this verse that I have asked you to read (laughs) and have a conversation. And I'm thinking inside of me, yeah, right. That Thursday came, and I closed the office at 4, earlier, and I went home. (laughs) (laughs) When I was home, I was so relieved. I was finally, because I knew they were leaving early next morning. So I was so happy, but something happened to me. A little bit of curiosity was just eating me. So I said, I'm going to read this part of the Bible that this may have asked me to read. So I'm in the Bible, and I find this, John 3.16. <laughs> for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And when I'm reading this, I'm like, I don't understand. What is this? It doesn't make any sense to me. God's son came to die for my sins, and now I can be free and safe. Oh, nothing may change. Nothing, 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 nothing. I I understood absolutely nothing of that verse. So I put the Bible away back in my purse, and I remember the following day going to the office, and I was so relieved because I knew these men were gone, and for good. (laughs) But when I get to the office, because it was just me in charge of that office, I unlock the door and go inside, and I see a luggage just a large piece of luggage. And I'm reading this thing, and it says Bob Fletcher. That was the name of the man who's given me the Bible. <laughs> and I'm, I'm confused. I'm not understanding what's happening. And the, excuse me. I get a phone call from my boss. And my boss said, Regina, when the group went to the beach, this individual forgot his luggage at the hotel. <laughs> You are with me, right? (laughs) So he said, someone from the hotel rode very quickly, you know, their car into the city, and they brought the luggage, and you are supposed to give it to him personally. (laughs) They haven't left yet, but they're very late, you know, to get to the airport, to get on the plane, to go home. So Plina said, no, no, please. And this is actually what I said, could you please take this luggage to your, to your office, which it was about a block away from where I was, and give it to him. So he said, no, this is your job, Regina, you need to do it, I wanted to die. So <laughs> when this man came into the office, it was funny because he brought with him another American pastor, missionary, who lived in Chile who knew fluent Spanish. And then he said, I brought my friend, so he can help me translate and blah, blah, blah. So then we ended up speaking only Spanish to English, English, Spanish, Spanish to English, like that. And we sat down. I sat on my side the desk. They're sitting in front of me. And they said, we are going to pray. Do you mind? Oh, no, first he asked me, did you read the verse? And I said, yeah, but... It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand this, and I don't want to understand it. So he said, do you mind if we pray? And I said, sure, pray. So they started praying. I've never prayed before. Never done this thing. When I see them with their heads down and praying to God and Jesus and Holy Spirit, and I didn't understand any of that. Then as they prayed, They spoke some about this verse. I I don't understand still. And they asked me if if they opened their eyes and they looked at me and said, do you mind if we hold hands now? We pray and you repeat a prayer. And I was thinking to myself, I want them out of my office as soon as possible. So I'm going to do exactly what they're asking me to do (laughs) so they can leave quickly. So I hold hands with them and they started praying. I heard something about God and thank you and salvation and I'm repeating, sinner, and I repeated, sinner, forgive me and I repeated, forgive me. I still didn't understand what was happening. Not the verse, not my words, nothing. But I remember, suddenly I started weeping. I was crying, I could not control myself and I'm shaking and crying. And in the middle of the prayer, I, this is true in the beginning, I kept my eyes open. When I started crying, I closed my eyes, and I'm crying, crying. And I decided to open my eyes, and my office was so bright that I could barely see. It was, there was like a fog, just white, bright fog in my office and I still didn't understand what it was. But I was feeling inside of me how God was filling me with something and that was the Holy Spirit. Right, yeah. And I started crying and I'm trying to look at these men. I can't see their faces. <laughs> but I said, this is so beautiful. This is awesome. And when we finished praying, they said goodbye to me, and Ba Fletcher said, I will keep in touch with you. And it's true, he discipled me through letters. I receive a letter every two weeks practically with verses and, and helping me to grow spiritually. So just imagine this sad, angry, depressed woman all of a sudden, is alive, is full of joy, oh and I'm free in Jesus' name. The most, (laughs) every hurt, every anger just left me and I was the happiest woman in the world and I said, I have to go home and tell my siblings. So I ran home. My dad was not living with us at the moment. He moved to New York to see my youngest, my oldest brother. So I was in, in the house with like seven other siblings When I got there, I'm like, something awesome happened to me. You have to listen. This is amazing. And one of them said, did you win the lottery? And I said, no, even better than that. Oh, you won airline tickets. So you can go overseas somewhere. No, no, everybody has to listen carefully. I accepted Jesus into my life. I invited him into my heart, and I'm free. And they're looking at me like, traitor <laughs> we're Catholics what about the Pope and I said what about the Pope this is Jesus I could not do anything they were upset at me really they were very upset they even said we're not going to tell that <laughs> and I said Lord there's nothing I can do myself but you can change them and you can show them your salvation the way you showed it to me And little by little, a year later, I met Tito. He came to Chile to film a Christian movie, came home to meet my family, and one at a time started receiving the Lord in their hearts. And now my whole family is safe.
0: First of all, that's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, just start again at the beginning. <laughs> I have a couple of questions. The first thing is, I just want to reiterate this, is that when somebody took, they took your hand yeah. and they began to pray with you and you started praying, not because you believed anything that they were saying.
1: I didn't believe anything they were saying. And even worse, I didn't understand absolutely anything they were saying.
0: But as you Prayed to get them out of your office, <laughs> you actually encountered Jesus. So there wasn't, like, you weren't believing what you were praying yet.
1: I wasn't believing what I was praying yet.
0: No. What?
1: <laughs>
0: Rahina, that's against the rules. <laughs> All right, can we just give Rahina a hand? If you, uh, if you brought your Bible, uh, then uh, tell your spouse, and they'll give you a dollar. <laughs> Turn to Luke 4, we're going to read verse 18 and 19. I want to talk about the gospel today, and I had a lot of great diagrams and good things to show you, but apparently the Lord didn't like that message, so we're just <laughs> going to move on to this one. No, it's the same message, I just won't have all the things I wanted to show you, but it's going to flow just fine. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus comes and he is revealing himself now to the, the, uh, in the synagogue. This is where he comes. He opens up the scroll to this. And this is actually a quote of Isaiah 63. And he says to this to them. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now Isaiah 63 actually goes on also. Could you go ahead and leave it up for me? I'm sorry Tyler. Uh, It also goes on to say. And the day of the vengeance of our God. Jesus when he comes. You'll notice here, he doesn't quote the rest of Isaiah 63 in this section. He stops at to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Why? Because God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world back to himself by not counting our sins against us. Because God was not counting our sins against us. Is that good news? It's great news. It's the reason why Rahina broke the rules and still got saved. Yeah. I'm just playing with you here, Regina. But, you, I mean, do you guys catch this? I don't know. How many of you here are honest? Just, no, I won't make you raise your hand. But come on. How many of you that messes with your theology? You can't get saved if you're actually just repeating words that you don't believe so people will leave you alone. And yet here is Rahina messing with your theology. Whoa. This is good news. All right, so Jesus comes, and he, restore, he, said, he, he speaks this scripture, and then he goes on to say, in fact, he says, this scripture is fulfilled in this day, and he closes the scroll. And then they try to stone him. Now, I want to talk today about the gospel. I want to talk today about the gospel, and I want to talk today about evangelism. Everybody say, ha. Oh. Okay, because for a lot of us, evangelism is a naughty word. Like, we hear that word, and it's like, how many of you, when you hear the word evangelism, instantly have, like, a sense of pressure? Just be honest. Come on. You're in the living room. Yeah, come on. You're just like, ah, it's that thing I'm not doing. It's that thing I'm supposed to do. Like, how many of you, when you hear the word evangelism, you uh, think of, like, having somebody pray a prayer with you? One, two, three, a few of you. Okay. How many of you think of, like, going out on the streets and talking to strangers? Mo- like most of you, yeah, exactly. You're just like, ah, how many of you are excited about that idea? <laughs> well, good. I-, I want you to be honestly. And as we're going on this journey together of evangelism, of evangelism as a lifestyle, lifestyle of evangelism. Doesn't that feel better? A lifestyle of evangelism. What would that look like? Well, the first thing that it's going to need to look like is we can't be having these muscle memory. Feelings of like, ah, evangelism. Like, whoo, Like, that is not gonna help you to go present the gospel. So I wanna talk about falling in love with the gospel. I wanna talk about what is the gospel. Because if the gospel is really, really good, then we might be more excited about sharing it. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So this, this was a great story, I would have to say, about the gospel invading Rahina's life in the midst of, honestly, I mean, come on. Dad's not there. He's in New York. She is. The thing she's not saying is that she was working and taking care of all the kids. Yeah. So we didn't have time for the whole testimony, but good night. So Regina went from, Lord, I will trade my life for moms. Well, she got that, but not in the way that she was thinking. She ended up having to be mom and was like, God, this is your fault. And God came in and was like, no, no, I love you. And so this happened because someone was carrying good news. So look at this word here. It says, Jesus is saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Well, what is that word, gospel? That word, gospel, comes from, this, from the Greek word. It's, it's euangelio. I'm sorry. Dang it. Euangelizo. Euangelizo. And I bet the Greeks say it much better than me. But you know what it means? It means... To bring good news. To announce glad tidings. In the Old Testament, the derivative that this comes from, in the, in, the, uh, in the Hebrew, it is good tidings of any kind. So you would run in and I'd be like, hey, I got gospel. I got gospel. You're like, oh, did you win the lottery? It was the exact right response that Rahina's siblings, when she's like, I got gospel. Because what did she say? She said, hey, guys, I have and they immediately were like, you won money. <laughs> you, the, you won some money. Like, you got something. Here's the interesting thing. You know what the first thing they thought of when Rahina brought this good news? What was the first thing? When you boil it down, what was the baseline? What were they thinking happened? You won something. You received something for free. Right? I mean, how many of us say, because I have the best news. You're like, you must have got promoted or you must have got something for free. And I know you, so if you got promoted, it wasn't fair. No, I'm just kidding. I just talking about me. So we immediately know that. We inherently know that good news means you just received something. Say gospel. Come on. So this is we, we want to make gospel back into what it is. It's good news. Hey, baby, I got gospel. I got gospel. Just say that, it'll make me feel good. You really do. The rest of you need to get it too. Say it, I got gospel. gospel. You really do. It's good news. So let's, I wanna go on, I wanna show you a couple more. Matthew 24, 14. I'm gonna read it and you guys can catch up. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. This is Jesus. He's getting ready to go back into heaven. He's talking to the disciples and he says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. This good news will be preached in all the world as a witness. Gospel, good news. After everybody's heard the good news, then I'll come back. How many of us, when we think of the end, are are filing it in the line of what Jesus just said? When enough people heard gospel, after the last person heard the great news, I'm going to come back and fulfill the great news. Think about this. I think we have a fundamental emotional break with reality when it comes to gospel. Because most of us, when we think of, well, let me just say the last sentence, and then the end will come. Does that that emote like, oh, yeah, or is it more like the end will come, right? Right? Most of us relate with Isaiah 63, where he says, and the day of vengeance of our God. How many movies do they sell that are based on the idea of, like, the great news will be preached in all the earth, and then the end will come? Or is it more like Armageddon, you know, left behind, you know, repent now. God was in Christ judging you. Watch out. He's coming back. You know? Jesus wasn't Terminator. You know? I'll be back. Like, the Father didn't let me do what I wanted to do, but it'll come and tell him I'm coming. Right? I mean, but the rea- I mean I'm joking, but the reality is most of us have a picture of, pre- of preaching judgment So that people will hurry up and get scared and repent because otherwise they're going to hell. I would like to suggest to you that Rahina already felt like she was in hell. Is that a a bad assessment? I mean, I'm I'm singling you out because you shared your testimony. But some of the things I caught was my mom died. I think it's God's fault on some level. He failed me at very least. And he's not very nice at worst. Is that fair? I mean, he wasn't there. I asked him to save my, I even offered myself. So there's some confusion there on, what is he good? Is he not? Plus the devil apparently is bigger because he got to kill mom with cancer. And then now I am the mom of the house and my dad left. How many of you would say that Rahina was living large and having a great time, just bipping along, enjoying things? I would say not. But when the Holy Spirit showed up, as this good news came, God came and confirmed His good news, and Rahina came into the kingdom, Thank you, Lord. and now we're blessed because she's here. Yeah. So this is this is what is gospel. Is. Okay, so Jesus says, and this good news, these great tidings, will be preached, and then the end is going to come. Which how many of you know that's the beginning? And the beginning is going to come. Then you will be with him fully. You'll see it all. Now, this word gospel that he's using, let's see if I can pronounce this one right. euangelion It means a reward for good tidings, which I just thought was cool. It also means good tidings. The glad tidings of the kingdom of God. So, And these glad tidings of the kingdom of God will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. Of what? That he is an amazing God and that he was in Christ reconciling everyone back to himself, not counting their against them. How many of you feel like you could carry that message? I mean, really, honestly, how many of you could carry that message? That, hey, great news. You're a son. You're a daughter. I'm a what? I don't understand. I mean, I love Rahina's testimony because Rahina's testimony is all of our testimony. I don't understand. And that's what we say that's the great news. It's, it's, it's better than you thought. He is so good. I'm carrying. Great news. I am carrying, this is the rest of the euangelion, the, um, to the glad tidings of salvation through Christ. The proclamation of the grace of God manifest and pledged in Christ. Wow. Hey, great news. I have proof that you are an invaluable son of God. That you have an identity and a destiny, and you belong in a kingdom. And here's the really good news. There's nothing you have to do except accept it. (laughs) What about all the things that I've done? That's the beauty. He's not counting that against you. I think that's gospel. That's gospel. I think when people, well, I don't know if it would, I don't want to tear it down, but I I would rather we be mistaking it this way. I think people should be like, hey, quit taking the gospel's name in vain. So like when you come home and your wife made your favorite meal, you should be slipping up a little bit and saying, man, that's gospel. I love roast. I just got a raise. And somebody goes, man, that's gospel. That's some gospel right there. I think the religious folks should be upset because we're so confused that the gospel is good news, that when we hear good news, sometimes we slip up and call it gospel. <laughs> Are you guys tracking with me here? Yeah. Do you get this? Like, this is how we're living. This is what we're carrying. Now, now watch this. This is fun. 2 Timothy uh, 4, verse 5. Paul is talking to Timothy. Paul is, uh, is getting ready to die, actually. He's run his race, and he's giving Timothy some instructions on how to help in this particular place with the church. And Timothy is essentially pastoring, and he's doing an apostolic work. Timothy is not an evangelist. But Paul says to him, but you be watchful in all things, Endure affliction, I'm sorry, endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Okay? Do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now I want to talk about that word, evangelist. It comes from the word. Euangeliste, euangeliste. I, I actually practiced these before, but you're not gonna believe me now. You're gonna to have to just go on track record. Euangeliest. That's that word, doesn't that sound, now that I pronounced it correctly, a little bit familiar like the other two words I just shared? Did you notice that? Euangeliestes. Euangeliaon. Did you catch that? Euangeliezo. Euangelion. Do you Do you notice the thread? What do you think an evangelist is? They're the good news bringer. That's it. It comes from the root, good news. I know you, you're the good news guy. You're the good news People, aren't you? You're those smiley ones. You're always happy. It irritates me, but yet I'm curious. What are you so happy about? I'm a good news bringer. (laughs) That's what I do. Everyone is to do the work of a good news bringer. That's gospel. My job, say this, my job, my job is to give, good news. to give good news. I mean, we can pretty much pray and eat. I mean, this is the point. The gospel means good news. One, one uh, interpretation of it is that it refers to almost too good to be true news. Like, you have to go, what? Like, I just won the lottery. No, you didn't. No, I'm really serious. I really did. You know, show me the money, right? That's the gospel. God loves you. No, he doesn't. No, he really does. Prove it to me. I tell you what, pray this with me. I don't believe what I'm praying. Do it anyway. (laughs) Regina got saved doing it that way. If nothing happens, what do you have to lose? It's such good news, you could accidentally get it. (laughs) Listen, I didn't make these rules. God was in Christ, not counting my sins against me. But it freaks me out a little bit when other people start saying that someone else could get saved a little too easy. How does that work? Now, it is, a, it is the work of the Holy Spirit in us who regenerates us. I'm not talking about, I, today isn't the day that I'm going to talk about regeneration or sanctification. I'm talking about salvation and entrance into the kingdom today, okay? I, I'm not going to be so, may we not be so legalistic that we can't, talk about one thing and then move on to the rest, okay? Because this is a complex and beautiful life that we're living. But I think it is important that in the complexity of what we're living, that we don't end up denying the simplicity of what is in fact true for the sake of arguing because we're worried that somebody, I don't know who, but somebody doesn't actually get through. Is this making sense? I'm not confused about what it is that I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to go to where we can go together here. Are you guys tracking with me? We have a lot of arguments, and I begin to wonder where some of them come from. I think they might be coming from the enemy of our soul, who would like us to be so befuddled and confusing that we don't even know how to share good news anymore. Who has, who has something to gain that we, number one, don't know it's good news, number two, think it's so complex that we can't share it? There's really only one person that has anything to gain for that to happen. Good news bringer. What are you? Yeah, what are you? Come on. Yes, you are. And you're awesome at it. I don't think I'm going to go any further today. I really think that's it. I don't even want to take away from this. The gospel is good news. And the good news will be preached until everyone's heard the good news, and then the guy who made the good news good is going to come. Amen? Amen? Now, as I understand it, there may be some people here today who have never heard such great news. And I'm so excited about it that I want to make an opportunity for you to simply accept that that news is that good. So let's pray together. And maybe some of you will just pray just to get me off your back so you can eat. And you might accidentally end up in the kingdom. As Rahina has demonstrated. So with every head held high and every eye open... Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus. This, sounds like good news. this sounds like good news. I believe, I believe that, you are the Son of God that you are the Son of God and that you've forgiven me, you've forgiven me. By, your blood, by your blood, which you shed, which you shed. For, me. for me. So I accept. I, accept. I have sinned. I repent, of my sins. I repent of my sins. Father, Father accept, me accept me into your kingdom. I ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Now, Father, now, Father, let me receive your Holy Spirit that I would be marked and sealed and you would complete the good work, you would the good work that, you began. that you began. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Come on. Did anybody in here actually pray that for the first time today? Why don't you just raise your hand if that was you. If you just prayed that for the first time. Well, here's the good news. Since we're all pros in here. You are a good news bringer. And after we eat... You might want to share some of that with somebody. Amen? Amen. All right. We have Mark come forward, and he's going to take over here. We have some uh, instructions, and uh, I'm just honored to get to share with you guys today. This has been fun, yeah?